everyone, episode two. Okay, so are we recording? All right. Okay, so we're going to talk about language today. Welcome, everyone, to the My Pilgrimage podcast, episode two. I'm David Glenn Taylor, your host. I've got Andrew Taylor doing the producer. He doing the producer thing for me. We're shooting out here on the on the deck. I'm going to show you, actually, as those of you guys are watching on YouTube. This is the view. Got a beautiful view out over the island. Still kind of quiet here on Maui. Not a lot of tourists at all. Um, they're not coming back yet because of the, the virus, and we're still kind of hunkered down here on the island. So, so this week we're going to be talking about language, the words we use, which right now in this crazy time in our country is probably one of the most important things that we can we can really talk about. But in the context of the My Pilgrimage series, the words we used were really important because when Seth and I began doing this work and talking about addiction in this way, like we did last week when we talked about what are we medicating, we started using words in a very um, kind of a different format. Words um, in the church and in our society in general and in Western society um, are very, very distinct and they have these very, very literal meanings, whereas in the East things are a little more open-ended and you have in, in Eastern kind of philosophy and religions there tends to be a bit more of a, an open-ended in, um, interest in interpretation of those words, whereas we have distinct meanings. So this week there's a conversation that goes on between Jason and Adam in the video series we'll show in just a second. And then Seth and I had a really interesting discussion about um, those words. And, and we, we kind of got into, into it and deep into it. So if you stick around for, we'll do the audio and then we'll, on the YouTube version here, you guys can watch the video. And then afterwards, um, Seth and I will have that discussion. And uh, yeah, I think you'll, you'll find it pretty fascinating. So um, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll do some announcements at the end as well. So um, enjoy this video, this discussion right here between uh, Jason and Adam regarding language. So chapter two is all about language and the mm -hmm. words we use. Those things are really important um, because words have meanings and a lot of times we don't even realize that that those meanings are even exist, mm -hmm. uh, that, that they're even there. So if I say to you a word like chips, like what is the first thing you would think of when I say chips? Doritos. Yeah, so, <laughs> so like tortilla chips that you would eat. Yeah. But if I were to say chips to somebody from England, the first thing they would think of would be something resembling French fries. Okay. Um, if I were to say chips to somebody who really loves poker, they're going to think of another completely different chip. So all of these words, they, they carry meanings, and a lot of times those meanings can shuffle and get reassigned. And sometimes we think we're saying one thing when we use a word, and we're really saying something different. Mm -hmm. um, and so we wind up applying labels to things that maybe aren't accurate. Um, so have you ever, like when I say labels, you... Yeah, you know, like uh, something that comes to mind when you talk about that would be like the word addict. Right. Yeah. I've self-identified as an addict, but depending on who I tell that to, if it's another addict or someone who has an addict as a friend, whether it be drugs or alcohol, it feels like a different thing yeah. as a porn addict. So. Right. And so, you know, that, that word that, that word addict to you kind of carries a different meaning than it would to somebody whose addiction is in a different realm of addiction. Mm -hmm. When it comes to language and when it comes to words, a lot of times I think 
um, we tend to try to fool ourselves into thinking that we're something not by calling it something different. Mm -hmm. So for me, I struggled with pornography for a really long time, but I never called it an addiction. I called it a habit or Mm -hmm. I called it a, if I, if I was, uh, really trying to really work through it super hard, I would call it a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would never really own it. I would never fully place the label on it that it deserves. And I think a lot of times we, we do. We try to fool ourselves into thinking that, um, that we're doing something different than we actually are. And we fool ourselves by the way we use our language. And so we really have to, um, in dealing with trying to uh, find a redemption that feels real, we have to uh, start taking an honest look at the words we use and really start to say, you know, these these terms that I've been using are not accurate. I've been fooling myself or trying to fool others, and I have to just speak plainly about what's going on with me. Well, I mean, what if, just like with the analogy about the chip, a plain and frank piece of language still is being misconstrued? I mean, for, is it more important that we're being honest with ourselves or with the people around us, or do we need to figure out a better way to be honest? Yeah, I think it's important that we're honest with ourselves in that when we use language internally, that we use the correct language, and we don't try to fool ourselves by calling something a little more, by trying to shine a positive light on, mm. on something that isn't positive, um, or by trying to reframe something. Like a more complimentary term. For, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're never going to find freedom if we continue to try to cling to um, some sort of uh, language concept that we're used to or cling to these things, um, these pretty ideas of what our words mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we have to let go of those ideas and we have to look at what they actually mean. And we have to also accept that other words may come into our context that um, may frighten us or that may sound iffy or weird or f- that might freak us out. And when we hear those words, we have to say, okay, wait, what is what do these words really mean? Um, because I have an idea that I'm running down this path of this idea of you of use this word at me. Um, and And I have to say, okay, is my idea an accurate representation of that word or is this person reclaiming that word for something else. Mm-hmm. So what would be some words that um, would be really common in this experience that we need to redefine or bring back to center? Yeah, so what we're talking about here on this whole trip, um, some of those words would be like uh, a word like energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a lot of contexts, we would hear a word energy associated with the human body, and we're gonna, and a lot of people are going to start to freak out about that word because it's it's been assigned all of these connotations um, that you know, trend in certain directions that maybe some Christians might not want to go down. But Mm -hmm. that's not what the word means here. Or a word like meditation. Mm -hmm. um, Or a word like process or processing. Um, You know, uh, we think of a process as a lot of times as some sort of uh, factory march, this product going down a line, undergoing a process so it can be delivered to a consumer. Mm -hmm. And in here it's, it's, that's not what it's about at all. It's, it's a, it's about, um, processing, uh, something internally and getting it out of you. Got it. So, you know, it's, it's, so, you know, for a lot of people, they're going to, they might rub up against these words and it might feel a little weird when they try them on like a coat. But But that's just them bringing their own 
definitions to it, which may or may not be accurate to exactly. what this journey is about. Yes, they're not accurate in the context that we're trying to use them mm-hmm. as we talk about this stuff. And Good. so we have to you know, accept these words as they're intended to be accepted, and we have to learn to speak honestly about ourselves. Or if we can't do that, then we're, we're never going to be able to find the healing and the redemption that we so desperately seek. Mm-hmm. Episode two, um, episode two, which everybody just watched or listened to on the podcast here was about language. And I remember it was Adam and Jason were having a conversation about, uh, and it was nighttime at the camp there in Arizona. Um, They were having a conversation about um, just the symbolism, words, meaning, and the importance in this, in this process, I guess for our context, it's it's probably important to discuss why. A, why was this episode two? Why did why did we jump into that so quick? Because we started off right after the very first episode about what we were medicating was that first question that it kind of opened the door to this stuff and said, "What if what if this addiction is not about um, my behavior? It's it, but it's about something on a deeper level about yeah. trauma and what I'm medicating." The very next thing that we had to talk about with people was. It was the language and the words we used. Why, in your in your take on it, why was that? Why did we jump into that so quick? And why is that important going forward? Yeah, that's foundational. In, in the guidebook, too, in the beginning, even the book, there's a glossary of sorts. Like we, at the beginning, we're saying, okay, we got to define some terms, which, of course, is you know helpful for anything when you're getting into a book, especially a therapeutic type of book. But we had to define terms. Actually, believe it or not, this chapter was the first one I ever wrote. So the very first words that I put on the page for Feels Like Redemption were was the language chapter. And I, I think maybe it's because, I don't know, I, at, the time, at the time that I wrote it, I was really, go, you know, just thinking about that a lot. But, but the idea is, and what I kind of mean, remember, this is five years ago we, we did this stuff, right? For, for me, now I kind of come to understand that your starting point is everything. When it comes to a trying to move towards a transformative experience of your life, your starting point is everything. It's like, you see right now on the Facebook page, there's all kinds of new guys coming in and even some women, people are coming in and they're, a lot of them, their starting point is a certain theological space, a certain interpretation of text, a certain belief or understanding of a word. So people will come in. Like for you and I, we were, we were starting when I started, I had a kind of Pentecostal words. Right. I, I still did. I still did tend to use a lot of words coming out of a Pentecostal kind of background, denominationally, yeah. you know, especially in terms of spirit and the Holy Spirit and those words that I use. And that's not necessarily what a Methodist or a Presbyterian or, or yeah. even a person who has no religion are going to use. Yeah. Well, and, and, and not even just that on a theological level, but more just what was attached to it. You and I were noticing that, uh, for instance, the word battle was constantly used in re- regards to dealing with porn addiction, sex addiction. It was right. just constant yeah. battle, battle. Everything was war. Everything was battle. And we were looking at the way that, you know, the context in which scripture was written and, and the Roman Empire and the, and the way war language was used. But then we're going, we started going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, why do we keep talking about war? Why battle? Why war? Why? Because we were, we were kind of looking at it going, this doesn't, we didn't see it echoed in the words of Christ. And people were talking about freedom and battle in the same kind of spaces. You know, I had this pastor, I remember this pastor doing like a two month sermon series on, on, on sex addiction and porn addiction. And he, cause he was holding himself accountable, I guess is what he said. But he, at the end, he said, guys, 
let's face it. Once you're an addict, you're always an addict. But with God's uh, help, yeah, we can that. be free. And right. the idea of free, right. free, like, and, and, and that's right. what, that was a big one with you and I. We were going, what's, what is freedom? Like, freedom isn't, freedom isn't, I don't look at porn anymore, thank God, but I have to continue. Like, you see, you see, I mean, a big part of this entire process was looking at the guys that were going through 12 steps, looking at the recovery movement, and looking at them and going, they keep saying they're free. They don't look free. I don't think they're free at all. Yeah. Like they, they seem like they're just as much a slave as they always were. They're just a slave yeah. to a different thing. And we were, I mean, I mean, you said it really well when you when you were talking about you stand, you stand, you've been six months sober and you're looking you're on the back of the boat. You're like, I don't feel free. And then yeah. we started oh, shifting yeah. our understanding of that word. You know, yeah, that, is, that was, that was a big moment for me. I mean, because that was, that was prior. I was actually here in Maui visiting Maria's family. Um, and we were out on a boat out and watching it. it was a it was new year's and it was a year before that um all this stuff had happened and that i went you know um and i yeah i i had been sober and not looking at porn and for six months not masturbating i was a porn and, and i just yeah and for some reason for me it always this was always supposed to be a felt experience i was supposed to if i if i was free i would feel free right but i do remember hearing a lot of people and maybe that's a relative experience. I had a bre- I had breakfast. I remember this is a year after the whole thing. So this has been 2010 or whatever. I was feeling free and I was free and I was just kind of floating around like feeling like this is such a totally different life experience. And I had breakfast with a friend of mine who, well, maybe it was a couple of years later. And he, he had done, he spent $60,000 on a, on a, recovery center in Tennessee, a Christian recovery center in Tennessee, where they had like isolated him from his family and all kinds of crazy stuff and for like yeah. six months or something. And uh, we had breakfast and, 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 you, and I could feel him. I was sitting there and, he, and you could feel this tension, this tense, you know, and I was kind of looking at him and I just, I was being really honest. I wanted to know where he was at. And I said, so do you, do you feel free? And he had been sober for like two years or something like that. And I said, hadn't or you know when we say sober he hadn't looked at porn or whatever at least that's what he told me um and he was like oh yeah no i do i do and i believed him and i still do um but then he said but i know that if i let up for even a second my disease will jump in and get me and i <laughs> and i just i just went oh wow i you know like that's yeah. that sounds awful because right <laughs> but Again, at the same time, I actually believe what he was saying because I think maybe mm-hmm. it is a re- it is a relative experience. It's just the one that I wanted was the the freedom that I always wanted was the one where I was like, like run naked in Central Park kind of free. That's what I wanted. You know what I mean? Not that I'm going to do that, but but yeah. metaphorically yeah. speaking, you know yeah, what I mean. True. I wanted to yeah. feel that free. You know. So. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you you want to. And that's, that's the thing. And I, I've seen this, a few of the guys talking on the site. They're talking about like what, you know, they've been discussing this. And I, and I remember one of the guys said, uh, freedom isn't, or maybe it was you that said that. If somebody said, freedom isn't, I don't look at porn anymore. Freedom is, I feel no guilt, no shame whatsoever. That's what freedom is. Then you get to choose from a place of freedom what life experience you want to have. And I really liked that because I, I'm looking at them going, you're right, you're right. Freedom is when the guilt and the shame is gone that's the first level where you go, Oh, so nothing about the divine perspective on me shifts at all. You know, 
nothing changes. Where God, God isn't up there going, well, he did, you know, squeeze his penis a little harder than he should have or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not a, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that silliness of this idea that the divine perspective somehow shifts on us. You know what I mean? There's this, yeah. it's this fascinating thing. That's, that's freedom. And then from a place of freedom, and I think about it in terms of slavery itself, right? the idea of, you know, if you, if you go, if you, you go to anyone who's experiencing slavery now or someone who has a time and you said, Hey, what's freedom to you? They'd go, I can go where I want, do what I want, when I want. That's how they would right. define freedom, period. And so right. that's what freedom is. And then we go, okay, well, once you get freedom, what are you going to do with it? That's a different question. Like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, that's a totally different question. And so what we're trying to do yeah. is go, let's get free and then let's decide. That's what pilgrimage is. Now we begin the journey. And, and I think right. that's what happened to you and I is we got freedom and then the journey started. Yeah. When everybody yeah. has this idea yeah. that it's some sort of journey to freedom, it's not. It's we get freedom because freedom is ours to be had. And then we decide, okay, now what kind yeah. of life experience do you really choose to have? And that's, and that's where right. we both just, you know, I, I mean, I, I wanted, I, I, to this day, I still, I want, I want to see the world, think the world, feel the world, experience the world the same way Jesus did. Right. That's my goal. And yeah. he's raising people from the dead. So I got a ways to go, but like, that's the goal. Like, and that's right. not me seeking freedom. You know what I mean? Right. I'm already, yeah, I'm already yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got freedom. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you know, that's, it's, okay, so that's a really, really important distinction because it's important to understand for guys, especially guys that are, if they're still, go, if they're just going through this, let's say they just finished chapter two in the workbook, in the guidebook and some of that, they're just going through this. It's important for them, them to understand, well, we're 10 years down the road here. And we did experience, I experienced freedom on, day one when my brain kind of when I took went through that shift when that, that yeah. shift of going from this external experience to this internal experience and paying attention right. to that then it, it, it does come back to how a lot of the programming that we have and a lot of the words we use like battle and stuff of like that war and all that that the preconceived programming is that um yeah, that freedom is obtained through this hard work that we're going to do. And we're going to kind of, and, 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 you know, we have friends in the recovery program. I have friends that work in the recovery program and it's work. Like it's work. So much work. I love for a lot of them. It's hard. It's hard work. And I don't, I don't want to disparage that at all. You know what I mean? I don't want to disparage that. It's a fight. It's a battle because they live in that kind of paradigm, but this whole entire way of seeing things and understanding things, um, it, it does jump over that a bit and say yeah. no they, that's not necessary you don't if you don't want that you don't have to have that that can be you right. can have something else and yeah it's nothing it's not the nature of spirit jesus i mean it was all brought in his teachings too he said he said it's not the heavenly father if you ask him for you know you know for was it for a prize or some sort he's not going to give you a serpent right and if you ask right, him right, for so, a piece yeah. of bread he's for, not going to give you a yeah. rock right, right. Said, you know right. that's and and that's essentially i that's that's when i look that that i believe is an actual kind of teaching towards that way of being it yeah. isn't how God works. God, I mean, when he's teaching about how God works, he's saying, look at the trees, look at the lilies of the field, look at the birds of the air. They don't, right. they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't toil, they don't store for winter. Yeah. And yet the heavenly father takes care of them. He's speaking about the nature of the father, that there's this flow, there's this ease, a peace that passes understanding, not a peace that you, you know, you just clench your buttocks as hard as you can and you get peace. It's okay. So let's talk about that other word then the word understanding. 
um, there's a, this is a, this is where social media kind of smacks me around a lot because I've I've been watching uh, right now we're in quarantine. This is being recorded the end of May, and we are um, everybody's and there's just I have not seen Facebook as vitriolic as I, as it is now. Um, that's ever, and that's and that's saying something. I mean, I it, it, this is worse. This is worse than the 2016 election. This is worse than um, this is this is as bad as I've ever seen it. And yeah. um, and there's a lot of people throwing around the words about truth. This is true. What's true? And and so we we talk about the word truth in this program. I always say truth with a little a lowercase t. Right. Um. I know we're going to talk about this more later. Um, one of the other things that tends to happen is we do come in with this idea that there is truth with a capital T and that's the truth of the Bible or the truth of Jesus or the truth of God or the truth of our denomination, truth of our religion, the truth, you know, and we, that's truth with a capital T. Um, we talk about truth with a lowercase T is that, that it's the, the thing that you believe and feel is true. Mm-hmm. And how, if you, if I was to take 10 guys and I'd say, what do you think is true? That we're going to have 10 different truths. Sure. And they're going to say, no, I, this is what I think is true. This is what, and that's what I mean by truth of lowercase t. And I can look at all of them and I can say, okay, you all have your truth. Um, it's important, I think, for people to understand that when I say that, I'm not being, it's not relativism. I'm actually speaking kind of factually when I say, for you, that's true. For you, that's true. And those truths that you're you're all declaring in front of me, all ten of you, those truths govern you. They govern your decisions right now. They govern your beliefs. They govern your fears. They govern your anxieties. If I believe God is an angry God, that affects my life and how I believe and how I feel and how I act and what I do and don't do. If I believe God is loving, if I believe God doesn't exist, if I believe God, um, you know is absent or detached from the world or if i believe god is all around me those truths that we have and i go that is true that is true you know i had a i had a conversation with a, a cousin of ours uh, one time when we were we were uh having a drink together and just chatting and and that that word just kept coming up that's true that's true you know yeah mm-hmm. this this is what's true and he kept saying well this is true he's something you know jesus is god jesus that is true and I said, I looked at him and I go, yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's true. And though if him and I were to sit down and break down our theologies and our distinct theologies in their details, we would find we have disagreements. I wasn't going to disagree that, that for him, that his broad definition of Jesus as God was true. Whereas you can find a lot of people and even people in this program that go, I don't know if I believe it that or that way. So that word truth and the words understanding do you understand understand you know yeah 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 it's a tricky one because we're talking what you're referring to of course is levels of consciousness the idea of what we see and don't see so when jesus would say you know he who has the eyes to see and the ears to hear let him hear what the spirit is saying he was referring to that right he's talking about if you have the eyes i mean remember remember his disciples gave him a really hard time because like why are you speaking in parables just hit him man you know, just right, give right, him right, the truth. Right. And he right, said so right. to confound the wise, right? To, to So that he who, you know, in seeing, they might not see and hear, they might not hear. Yeah. He's saying, the whole idea is, is that there's a bunch of people out here that already believe that, that their truth, their truth is their truth, and they have no openness to something else. And that goes across the board, not just religious people. I, I had a, a couple of days ago, it was odd. I get, a, I get a call from a friend of mine, 
who's this guy? He's a he's a straight up atheist. They're you know a Richard Dawkins style, but he's not an a hole, right? <laughs> like, like, but, he, but he's but he's like, you know, there's only five. There's five senses. You got a brain and five senses, and that's pretty much it. Oh, so he's yeah. like, there is no, there is no power. There's no spirit. It is there's, only there's nothing beyond the human brain. That's it. Oh, and, con- okay, and even wow. even like, consciousness. It's odd because he he won't even acknowledge really some of the the more abstract implications of quantum physics or anything like that. So. But he, but if you can speak to him in scientific terms, at least he'll listen. Well, he's like, hey, um, I was needing some advice on something. Can you give me some advice? I'm like, well, sure. You know, I mean, actually, neighborhood. I'll just stop by. So I stop by his house, and we're chatting. And actually, it's funny because his wife is there, and she starts talking, and she, and she starts directing it towards him. And I'm like, hey, what am I, what's going on here? And I said, his name's Mike. I said, Mike, are you going through a midlife crisis? And he's like, kind of whoa and we're, we're really good friends with them I mean, you know we don't hang out that much we used to hang out a lot but but they're a lot younger than we are but he's one of these guys he's a software engineer he's, he's super brilliant i mean he can program the crap out of just about anything and he and he makes really really good money but he's 31 and he's hitting that spot where he just goes is, it, is he gonna listen to this podcast no 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 he would never. <laughs> but he's experiencing kind of depression and he's and he's kind of going you know, he's having this this thing come up, and I'm kind of helping him point it out. And I finally said, "Well, Mike," said, uh, "Here's the thing." And again, what you're talking about, truth. Truth is the starting point. And as a hiker, you know what it's like. The trailhead, like, it makes a difference, right? And so, where you start, it makes a huge difference as to where you end up. And and I first time I saw him, I said, "Well, I got I got to I got to ask you something." I said, "Are you open?" Because he's asking me, like, he basically said, "Can you help me with something? Can you give me some?" advice point me in the right direction and because he's like everything's meaningless i feel this kind of weird heavy on no motivation at all and sure. i might like, i told him uh well, i said are you open to the possibility that there is anything beyond your brain and he just goes not really i go hey you're screwed <laughs> just go, i'm sorry man i go you're, you're kind of screwed and it's okay but the world's going to hell in a handbasket and you're pretty much stuck and he just kind of laughed. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm serious. From that starting point, where you are is where you are, man. I would just, you know, get in a new car, you know? Yeah, eat yeah, some broccoli, know? exercise. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was just thinking, remember that, remember that David Wilcox song, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're down when he goes, you, you just stand inside yourself, you know? Take a yeah. shower, jog a mile, eat some broccoli. But the beginning point is huge because and we have all these guys coming in the group right now saying, yeah, porn addiction is killing me and stuff. And their starting point is – is a is a theology of like like you know penal substitution and atonement this idea that I am bad, God is good, and God will somehow make me good and there's and that starting point I am convinced that true actual freedom the kind of thing you see pointing to in the New Testament that you see Paul talking about you see Jesus talking about is unavailable at that when if that's your starting point that trail if that's your trailhead that trail does not lead to the epic view. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because right. you have to ask the question, like, what shifted? What changed? I mean, you and I right. went from years and years and years and years of porn addiction to almost. Yeah. I mean, it took me two weeks, I think, from yeah. when when I when I first said, "What do, what should I do?" to when it was over, when my addiction was yeah. gone. You know? Yeah. And and yeah, because we no, completely shifted the, yeah. the totally different trailhead. You're like, you're on the wrong trail. Boom. Right. And, and that also yeah, you start you start with this God yeah. is God is not located within those walls within that theology within that within that yeah. space and, and now for me you know me I'm a Christian I'm a very 
I mean, I, I'd say I'm a mystic, a Christian mystic, but I very much locate, I locate the Christian story of death and resurrection at the center of the universe. I really do. But, but I had to shift my starting point and language is everything when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. And, and it's a bit of a chicken and the egg to decide whether the language comes first or the, or the, or the truth comes first. I think it, you know, but you do see, you, you do see this kind of, uh, you see the way language becomes this kind of cultural, you know, speed bump, like one of those, I think I might've written this in the book, actually, where we're talking about speed bumps, the ones that they're not high enough to make a difference. They're so low that you don't slow down at all. You just boom, right over them, right. you know, right. They're meant to yeah, stop got, you, but they don't. Yeah. But they end up being more fun, actually. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but you want to create that's why someone has to that's why someone has to we've got to drop new language into spaces all the time i mean i i've done that you know i i do that when i give talks at churches i I get way into i start dropping some language into really rock people i still remember i I, this is kind of funny story so so one time i'm over uh you know being that i do what i do for a living so i speak and i teach and i write and i do theology and i you know and i went to seminary and this kind of stuff people tend to peg me and you'll get people like that have a certain way of believing. And this is the truth. Like you're saying truth of the capital T and everyone. So if they know you're a Christian, they just assume that you're a Christian, like they're a Christian. And I was helping my buddy move into a house and his wife's dad was there and they're all very, very religious, super, 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 super religious. And, and they come from the same background you and I do. And, and the dad starts talking to me because somehow it slipped that I was in seminary at the time. I was, I was still in seminary and it slipped that I was in there. And so he just immediately just like that. And all of a sudden his truth was my truth. And he just starts talking to me like I'm just like him. And I see the world the way he does. And it was interesting because the language thing, it was just, a, it was a language, right? Mm-hmm. There was a yeah. language there. And, and if I speak the same language, he'll assume that I'm from the same culture. If, you know, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. And, and he starts talking about this prison ministry he's in. And how he's just going to this prison and they're getting people saved. Everybody's getting saved in this prison ministry. And I was both like, oh, you know, sweet guy, you know, he's, he's trying to, he's doing, he's doing this great thing. And at the same time, I was a little bit irritated because I get a little tired of people acting like I'm just like them, you know? And so I just, you know, that I think the way they think and I believe, and they don't ask me, he just assumes. Right. So I just decided to disrupt the process because he's just talking nonstop looking i think looking for my affirmation with it because here i am in seminary and he had i don't know some people think that that's makes makes you special in some way or whatever and i <laughs> he's talking and i finally go man i go that's that's awesome what you guys are doing man i mean god's just really doing good things i go he goes yeah i go i mean no i mean i go that's so fucking awesome now i gotta I go, put the little e now i gotta we, we I, I gotta put the little e oh you gotta the put the e in the thing now. Well, you Man, should. Every be. one of these episodes you, is going to be like. Don't, if you don't, we're not going to be able to really talk. So, but I, but I just said, <laughs> I said that's so. That's God is so fucking good, man. And he's just like, it, it literally it, it disrupted his. It, it's like I threw a boulder into the river, and he just goes. And he kind of twitched for a second. And he kind of goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was having a hard time. Like, is what is that bad or is that good? What just yeah. happened? And it was just word. It was just a word. And it's just a word. Yeah. Like my kids, we don't, you know, you, you and me, we got chili powder on our tongue if we swore when we were kids, you know. My yeah. kids, yeah. if I hear him cuss, I just, I'll, I'll just go, hey, I go, it's just a word. It's not giving so much power. You know, when we were kids, yeah. words have so much power. They're like, you know, yeah, the devil so is in them or God power. is in them. Yeah, and, literally. And, yeah. And, and now I'm just like, yeah. I realize I'm like, oh, words have the power we give them, but they can be, become this deeply unconscious kind of, 
container for our consciousness, for so much of the way we understand the world. And so that one of the reasons that, the reason that it was important to have a language chapter in there was it was really important, just, just certain words, especially in this thing that we're trying to do, helping guys with porn addiction and sex addiction and helping women with this as well, it was important that we got at words like freedom, like purity, like truth, like sin, these kind of words. And we said, how are these words holding certain elements of your, your right. pain for you? Right. And can we finally let those go? Can we use, can we find different language? Can we let freedom yeah. be super radical, for instance? Yeah. What if yeah. it's totally radical? What if freedom, the kind of freedom that Jesus was talking about, means you're free complete? Like, what was it? Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Okay, the great German theologian, when he was writing from prison, he said, he was talking about this uh, a religionless Christianity. He was articulating this new theology. And he says, he said, he's writing to a friend of his, and he says, perhaps to um, a true Christian impulse, and he was, he was defining this word Christian, perhaps a true right. Christian impulse is to, to uh, uh, he said, what is it, to a true Christian impulse is to exist, is to live in the world as if God does not exist. Right. He says, at one with the suffering of the world. You know, he's saying, that's what freedom is. True freedom is you can live as if God doesn't even exist. Right. right? And I'm like, whoa. And all that is, is just, let's just take it to its most extreme. And let's pretend for a second that Jesus was actually talking about the most radical love, the most radical freedom, the most serious thing. And that's what you have. Most people that are coming with, you know, this epidemic, I mean, this massive epidemic of porn addiction in the Christian church is because freedom isn't freedom grace is not grace love is not love right those three words don't mean what yeah. they think it means i don't think yeah, you keep using that word <laughs> i don't think it means what you think it means what do you think it means i'll put it in here i'll slip i'll yeah. this will that'll be the end we'll, we'll go out on this episode we'll go out on that yeah we'll go out i'll go, go yeah yeah you, you keep involved. using that word you keep using that word <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. No, I, that, but you know, okay, I guess actually that's probably a good place to kind of, kind of stop because this is one of those conversations that can just keep going. I, 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 I'll tell you my quick little disruption story. I didn't use the F word in it, but I, I, I spoke to a group of college guys, like 40 some college guys year, this is years ago. Um, started doing, I was doing this whiteboarding thing. We were talking about the Trinity. We were talking about the theology of the Trinity and kind of, kind of going through that when it came to spirit, when it came to an actual practical application of spirit and, and how it works in our lives and that kind of thing. And uh, in fact, it's similar to the talk. I kind of gave the talk in the Alaska series that is yeah. on mypilgrimage.com right now. You can go watch when we talked about. Go check about, it out. Go check it out. Um, but uh, that I'd given that talk. And when I was kind of getting things set up, I, I, we were talking and I said, somebody said something. I said, you know the word God? I goes, you guys know the etymology of the word God? And they were like, I said, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a Hindu word by the way, by way of Germanic, it evolved. And I started explaining <laughs> the whole etymology of the word God. And they were all like, uh, uh, uh. I go, you guys thought, you guys thought that was your word, didn't you? I go, you thought that was your word. I go, and, and even more so, I said, did you know, it's not even a masculine word, you know? And they're all going, oh, wait, we assigned, we assigned these words through our complex histories and then especially as as evangelical christians in the united states of america in the 21st century we have distinct definitions and those definitions are not the definitions that came from god they, they were developed through mankind they are symbols of meanings and so when we strip them 
and I know we've done this to some guys. I some guys I've talked to when they're really struggling with this thing. I, I had a friend, I was like, he was really wanting to disrupt his own experience. You could yeah. see he was just hungry for that. And I, I know you've done this to people too. I just said, well, hey, let's try this. Why don't you try this this today or the rest of the day today, whatever. Whenever you talk about God or think about God, uh, use a, a feminine feminine pronoun. Yeah, I've done that said, before. Right, and they and they and it just yeah, they'll be like it just destroys them, you know, because it because we we all know that God is not a man, right? Well, not <laughs> uh, in, no. There's there's plenty of people would tell you is, and they, and they're they, they, oh, they, yeah. There's there are people that truly yeah. believe he is that God is yeah, a man because Jesus like, was a man, so therefore God was so a man. God is a man. And then I always go, well, does God have a penis? You know, and that's where they go. Well. I know. Does God have a penis? I said because we can say <laughs> we can say that Zeus has a penis, right? Because Zeus yeah, had sure. had like yeah. wives and kids and the whole thing, and he got it on. Um, yeah. But does does our Christian evangelical Christian God have a penis? And then they, that's where it, they tend to get thrown off of that. Another in-depth discussion between Seth and I regarding uh, episode two, language. Um, extremely important, but I do want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear all of your thoughts. If you go to the Facebook page, you join the My, join the My Pilgrimage Facebook page, put down your thoughts. Say, hey, I watched episode two or I listened to episode two of the podcast and, and I was kind of, this is what came across for me. Here's the words that I've been using and here's the things, what they mean to me and here's where some of that disruption takes place when those words change and how we how we um, have held on to those words as this is what it means and how that actually can really hinder our walk, our experience, and our, our healing journey along the way. So jump on the Facebook page or shoot us an email, mypilgrimage3 at gmail.com. Mypilgrimage and the number three at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments. We'll talk about them here on future episodes of the podcast. Just a couple of quick announcements. We just launched mypilgrimage.com. We launched the podcast. There's a there's a, a Patreon link in the top right-hand corner at mypilgrimage.com. If you want to help us kind of make this podcast better, you want to help us upgrade the equipment a little bit, maybe we get a mic stand with a little bit better mic. Um, if you want to help Andrew with the software thing and we want to kind of continue to improve this thing. And also, if you want to help us kind of expand what we can do in terms of, of new, making new videos and new teaching and new um, observations on this stuff, just jump on the Patreon Chipping five bucks. We don't have any tiers on that yet. It's just if you feel like and it's helping you, you can. It's no pressure to give. This is stuff that we are freely giving away. But every little dollar helps, and every little dollar right now is going to go towards upgrading equipment, making this kind of a better experience as we go along. Have a great week. We uh, will talk to you guys again next Monday with episode three. Aloha. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable! Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means.